When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up? It's Danny G. All right, this is the best of the best of the second week we're trying this out. It's all the best moments from the Covino and Rich show this past week. Enjoy this and enjoy your super wild card weekend. Things that made you go, hmm, before we welcome Jason Fitz and talk Washington at Michigan tonight, got to talk about that Saints game real quick and how it ended. You know, it's interesting because uh, I heard Dan Beyer in his update say that Dennis Allen feels confident that uh, he will continue to be the head coach of the Saints. Well, Shannon Sharp saying he's done and that he'd cut Jameis Winston. Well, you know what? Let's let's hear that clip and then we'll discuss. Here's uh, here's Shannon Sharp. How does this make the Saints look? Bad. Very. Makes de- makes de- makes Dennis Allen look like he's lost control of that locker room. But I'll say this: I would cut Jameis Winston today. I would not want him on my team. That's loser's mentality. And people will say, well, Shannon, what about when Dan Marino fake spiked the ball or Peyton Manning? They were not in victory formation. If you get down, the defense is conceding. If you want to run the ball, let the defense line up. Don't you fool them. Think this a victory formation and then drive off the ball. That made everybody go, hmm, Saints win 48-17, but they scored that last touchdown, and Jameis Winston at the end of the game said it was a team decision. Did Cat Williams have anything to say about that afterwards? He, he's not still with Shannon, He's right? calling out everybody. Um, you know, Vince Vaughn weighed in, though. He said he loved the play. <laughs> you know what? Danny said it reminded him of Rudy. Remember when Rudy and the team went against the coach? Like, that one's for you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it. It Kavino, my, my feelings were similar enough to – Shannon Sharp, but my thought wasn't about Jameis Winston. My thought was, wow, does Dennis Allen not have the command and respect of this team if, as a group, they all decided, like, you know, sometimes you don't really have the temperature of a scenario. Like, if everyone on the team wanted to get, who was it, Jamal Williams? Yeah. That touchdown. By the way, he led the NFL with 17 rushing TDs last year for Detroit. But hadn't found the end zone in 2023. And Jameis Winston went on to explain that, look, we all know how much he meant 
to our team and how much he means to the locker room, we wanted to give it to him, so we decided to and do it. Jameis Winston tried to rationalize by saying, like, yo, man, we got an interception and got it all the way down to the one, so if we got a touchdown on that, would that have been disrespectful? It's a game. And he tried to rationale and make some sense of it, but my my thought wasn't in the direction of, wow, look, look at Jameis Winston not being compliant and not listening to his coach. My thought was if the whole offense went along with Jameis Winston, that means no one really respects Dennis Allen's wishes that, that much. If Dennis Allen was that lost, then it shows he's done. I mean, Danny, you feel what I'm saying? Like, it, it's Hopkins not, it's not ended a, up firing their coach, Arthur Smith. That's uh, the yeah, uh, Arthur Smith was all story. mad. He <laughs> That's was the all, story there. He was all mad after the game and was like, yeah, don't be too mad. You're going to be fired within an hour. And he was fired within an hour. So but, who goes there? Because in, in, in one sentence, Shannon Sharp and other people were saying, you got to cut Winston for doing his own thing. And then other people were saying, well, Dennis, Alice is, uh, Dennis Allen is done because no one respects him. Who, who's, who do you cut? <laughs> it's... You ever see like a coach, a manager in baseball, will go up to the pitcher's mound, and you ever see those few moments where the pitcher disrespects the coach, like, I'm not giving you the ball, I don't want to come at the game, and how that's like so awkwardly cringy, like, oh, like, like, you could feel that tension. There's a part of me that's like, it wasn't just Jameis Winston, guys. Jamal Williams ran the ball, the offensive line blocked for that one yard. They wanted to get him the touchdown, and I feel like the team was like, yo, Jamal, we got you. Dennis Allen doesn't have you, but we have you. It's been a theme for the Saints. Remember a few weeks back when the O-lineman went after Derek Carr? And on the sideline, the Saints players were consoling the lineman, not Carr. Yeah. So, I mean, should Carr get cut and booted off that team too? Right. Some, some Saints fans don't like him, so yeah. I might agree with that. But but you got to think, there's, there's, you know, we always have 53-man roster. There's guys coming in and out of the, the locker room. Who gets along with who and who? They they always say that. They always love to use the phrase like, did they lose the locker room? And I feel like Dennis Allen felt in that moment, whether it was a Bush League move by Jameis Winston and the team to go for that cheap touchdown, that felt very uncontrolled of Dennis Allen. Dennis Allen really have control of this team? I don't think it's a Jameis Winston issue. I think it might be... A Dennis Allen issue because I'll tell you what, you're not pulling those shenanigans if you're playing for Andy Reid or you're playing for Kyle Shanahan or Belichick. I said, Danny G, let me ask you, you're a Raiders fan. Would they have pulled that even on Antonio Pierce? No way in hell. I mean, it definitely shows they don't respect the guy, but it also shows a defiant Jameis Winston. So Mm -hmm. it's like a matter of who do you cut? Uh, What's up, Brandon? You're exactly right. I want to say this, first of all, as New Orleans Saints fans, we don't – Atlanta is the biggest rivalry of the game of the year every year. Yeah. Those two games, we want to beat them regardless. But, on the other hand, Jameis was wrong. I was listening to the broadcast, and Deuce McAllister, I thought the game was over. They didn't even know what was going on. So, I mean, they mentioned it afterwards, too. DA's in some trouble. He's in some heat. To be honest with you, he still might get fired. Yeah, I dude, I thought the same because my thought was, listen, Bush League move by Jameis Winston, but the fact that the whole team was behind it, it wasn't a rogue move by Jameis Winston. The whole team, all 12 men on the field, or 11, <laughs> there was no 12 men, all, all the, the whole team was agreement. Where are you going for it? Uh, Perry in Mississippi. What's up, Perry? Hey, Perry. Hey, how y'all doing? We're good, man. What's on your mind? Hey, I just want to say, I was in the dome. I was sitting 20 rows up from where that happened. It was a great play. Um, I, I don't believe any – I mean, I, I think Dennis Allen's still in the hot seat anyway. But, you know, 
it's like the last car said, Atlanta's the most hated team in New Orleans. And, you know, they, they, they made a lot of fans happy making that play one way or the other. Yeah, I mean, it was a little Bush League, but, I, I mean, I you did notice, though. I mean, it's we can't say we didn't notice that after the game how – there was a lot of chirping. Oh, yeah. For good and, reason. And the irony is they fired. The Falcons actually fired Arthur Smith after three seasons going 21 and 30. So he's the guy that got fired. All right, let's get into it. You have five seconds to battle for your sports trivia life. Man. Oh, I got it. Yeah, I don't got it. I don't oh. got it. Your electronic devices down and pick your sports knowledge. It's CNR's last one standing. Last one standing. All right. First last one standing of 2024. We got four categories ready to go. And if needed, a tiebreaker. Each contestant gets five seconds to stay alive in the round. If you run out of time or you answer incorrectly, Lorena will escort you out with her famous buzzer. <laughs> her famous <laughs> gets buzzer. worse every week. <laughs> <laughs> we keep battling until you are the last one standing. If you win two of the rounds, you're the top dog. Here are the contestants. Two-time winner, Steve Covino. Yeah, should be three or four, but yeah! Two nope. is, he's making that up. <laughs> nope. Two is right. Two-time winner, Rich Davis. That is what's up. And the leader in the clubhouse, six-time winner, Dan Byer. Hello, hello. Rigged. We're going to go to the studio lines to see who's going to get one of the last two balls for CNR's Nerf collection. Can I have the left one? Uh, Steve, Steve yeah. in Montana. Hi, Steve. How are you, buddy? Good, how are you? Hey, Steve, what do you do for a living there in Montana? Um, right now, I'm a, I'm a single uh, dad. I got 11-year-old twin boys. That's cool. I've messaged Shavino, and yep. he uh, oh. just replied, and, oh. and I told him all about, like, kind of like about my boys and all that. Oh. Other than the, Hell yeah, because I'm a man of the people, Steve. A man of the people. Full-time job. Right yeah, it is. One of the hardest yeah. jobs. Yeah. Well, we know how this game works. Spot is the fact checker during the game, by the way. The most nerve-wracking responsibility. Yeah. It's a, an important part. When I say your name, the clock is going to begin. You'll have five seconds for each category. First one is called Fan Size Matters. You have five seconds. <laughs> <laughs> you have five seconds to name an NFL city which has one of the 15 largest stadiums in our country. So, NFL Stadium, one of the largest, 15, top 15 here. Ooh. We're going to start with Covino. Go! Give me that buzz, that clock. Uh, let's go hopefully Seattle. Not the, hopefully not the buzzer. Let's see. Seattle, Seattle huh? Seattle. Uh, Seattle, Seattle, Seattle. I do not. Top 15. Really? I'm not already? I think you might. I would. Yeah. Wow. I just, I just saw they're so yeah, fan crazy and fan heavy. I thought that was oh, a that, no, no, good educated here. guess. I should have went with a newer stadium. Uh, Jerry's World, Dallas. Yeah. Dallas. Yeah. Good yes. Third. Third, third yeah. on the yeah. list. Buyer. 80,000, 80, by the way. I'm going to go uh, Giants. Would that Ooh, count that for yeah, Giants? Giants, yeah, it's MetLife number one. Yeah. That 82, was 82.5. Steve. I'm going to go with uh, the Vegas Stadium. Ah, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, yeah, not. No. no. Not there. Yeah. Technology is dope. Not the size of it, though. All right. Back to Rich. I'm going to go. I'm going to go Gillette. New England. Um, Big outdoor. No. No. For real? Yeah. 
Byers, the last one standing. Lambeau wow. Lambo make it? Lambo's number two, yeah. Are you serious? I'm so mad. You know, my you father know I thought maybe not, though. I mean, obviously, story franchise, this? but it's it's there in a little part of the community. Yeah. And when I didn't you, think it held yeah. that many. What are you going to are going to realize that your strategy does not work? Like, save my, yeah. <laughs> like, you save, and yeah. you always get out early. Yeah, it's Chiefs, like it's, yeah, Broncos, Chiefs, uh, Panthers, Saints, Texans, Bills, Ravens, Falcons, SoFi, Eagles, Titans, Jags. I want to punch myself. What's in the also neck. interesting is I would think me. that the Commanders would be, but they had to eliminate so many seats because people weren't showing That's up. That's right. But that place was like enormous, but nobody oh, went, so they got rid of them. You know, All my right. uh, my wife's dad is a lifelong Packers fan, and he went to his first game oh, this past weekend. Oh, Shamed uh, of his yeah. son-in-law. All right, here we go. <laughs> here we go. Buyers on the board. Second category is playoff balls. You have five seconds to name an NFL QB who made the list for most playoff wins of all time. I'll take the right one. Steve, we're going to start with you in Montana. Um, Patrick Mahomes? Yep. Yes, sir. I love it. Fire. Jim Kelly? Kelly? No. No, not on the list. Rich? I mean, get it out of the way. I'm not going to save him. Uh, Tom Brady. There you go. Finally. Number one. <laughs> 35. 35. Yeah. Covino. I would say that Joe Montana has to be number up there, two, right? 16. Back to Steve. Steve Young. Yes, 14. Rich. Just based on the teams he was on, Troy Aikman. Yes. Oh. 11. Cove. Ah. Ah. Turn that down. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, no, no. Turn it up. Out. Out, out of there. Out of there. Uh, back to Steve. Brett Favre. Yes. 13. I'm sorry. What did he say? Favre. 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 Oh, yeah. my goodness. Uh, Peyton Manning. Yes. We got a battle here. Steve, back to you. 14. Who did he say? Sorry, I'm getting He said Peyton Manning. Um, Eli Manning. No. 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 Rich Davis oh, walks away with that category. Is Aaron Rodgers on that list, too? Uh, yes, he is. Yeah, 12. That's another good one. Yeah. Another good round. Yeah. You guys forgot about your boy Flacco. Joe, yes. Yeah. Right under the wire. 10. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking like the weakest quarterbacks. I was just going through. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was like, Bernie Kozar. I swear to God, <laughs> I thought of Bernie Kozar. I'm like, so, why am I shame thinking of the weakest quarterback? No, you think, but now also more playoff games. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, exactly. that's a key, yes. too. I was thinking divisional round. Yes. Kavino's like, Tony Eason. All right. <laughs> John Elway, Roethlisberger's on oh, yeah. that list. That's a good one. All yeah. right. Third, ca- uh, third category is Byron Richer on the board. The harder they fall. You have five seconds to name an NBA player who's one of the tallest players in league history. There's 12 in the top 30 that you should know. Okay. I'm Covina. starting. I'll yes. get Manute Paul out. There you go. Mm-hmm. Rich. Uh, Bull Ball. Yep. Yeah. George Murison. Yes. Oh, nice. Number one. Steve. Uh, the, the guy from the Spurs. I can't pronounce his name. You guys want to give it to uh, him? Take a guess. Give us a little guess and we'll give it to you. Yeah. Um, Kind of sounds like oh. Wimbledon. I'll give you a. Okay. Come on, you can do it. We'll we'll give you Wemby. Okay. We'll, we'll Wemby. We'll Wemby. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that guy. Yeah, Wemby. Yeah, Wemby. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. All right, back to Covino. Taco Fall. Yep. Yes, good Number one. Three. Rich. Shaquille O'Neal. No. Whoa. Fire. No. Oh. Sean Bradley. Yes. Good nice, answer. Nice pull. He was seven six, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, seven sir. six. He wore number seventy six. 
Steve in Montana. Hakeem. Hakeem Elijah? No. 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 <laughs> Kareem. No, I know. Not on this list. Not no. On the top no, because if Shaq's no. not on the yeah. list, yeah, he's uh, not. That means Dan Byer walks DB. away with the W, his wow. seventh. Nice. The order helped me. Was Chuck Nevitt on that list? Yes, yes. Okay. sure was. Uh, so you would have won. Oh, you deserve it. <laughs> you deserve it. Hold on. Let's say. Let's say. Don't don't say anything. Do what you right. think of another? I like, guess we named a couple seven footers that weren't on the list. Oh, dude, what? Are Ryan Hollins? No. 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 You're gonna hate yourself for one. I of them. thought one of you would say Yao Ming. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, yeah. that's the oh, one that's you're gonna hate yourself sure. for. And uh, Elijah Wan wasn't, but Ralph Sampson was. Ralph oh, yes. Sampson, yes, yeah, former Rocket. There's as well. a lot of people in like the seven foot range. Yeah, uh, Mark Eaton, Rick Smits. All right, uh, congratulations, buyer. And the question is, are you going to mail your one of the last two Nerf footballs out to Montana? Yes, I will. Yes, I will. Yeah, how are you? Right, no, it's a collector's item. Uh, I, I, I put that uh, on uh, offer up instead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Steve, we're going to mail that out to you, buddy. Thank you, Steve. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Hey, we're Cavino and Rich. Fox Sports Radio every day, 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern. But here's the thing. We never have enough time to get to everything we want to get to. And that's why we have a brand new podcast called Overpromised. You see, we're having so much fun in our two-hour show, we never get to everything. Honestly, because this guy oh, is overpromising things we never have time for. Yeah, you blubber lips. Blaming me. Well, you know what? It's called Overpromise. You should be good at it because you've been overpromising women for years. Well, it's a Cavino and Rich after show, and we want you to be a part of it. We're going to be talking sports, of course, but we're also going to talk life and relationships. And if Rich and I are arguing about something or we didn't have enough time, it will continue on our after show called Overpromised. Well, if you don't get enough, Kavino and Rich, make sure you check out Overpromised and also Uncensored, by the way. So maybe we'll go at it even a little harder. It's going to be the best after show podcast of all time. There you go. Overpromising. And remember, you could see it on YouTube, but definitely join us. Listen to Overpromised with Kavino and Rich on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I remember seeing on the East Coast there was a broadcaster, Warner Wolf. Anyone on the East Coast knows how mammoth and cool and great Warner Wolf is. Most known for his uh, teeth falling out on a broadcast. <laughs> on a broadcast. Warner Wolf would have his <laughs> plays of the year. And I remember as a little kid, my dad would tape that on VHS. And that's where I would see all my Magic Johnson wow. highlights. I would only see Magic and Bird and those, you know, those those NBA games through Warner Wolf's plays of the year. Our version of that was George Michael's sports machine. Yeah. Love and that it looked like such a complicated computer that he was working with. All it was ready? awesome. Uh, before we move on, what would you have rather have done as a kid? Press one of the buttons on the George Michael sports <laughs> machine or spin the wheel on a Price is Right? Sports spin machine. Spin the wheel. Sports machine. Price is Right. My grandma wanted to spin no, the wheel on I, the Price I, is Right. I got, a, I got a better answer. I wanted to, no whammy, no whammy, no whammy. Stop. No, I got a better one. Would you rather go down the Sunday slide on Double Dare (laughs) or press the button on the George Michael Sports Machine? Fun fact. Or get slimed. I have pressed the button on the George Michael Sports Machine. Get out of here. I think the answer is actually getting slimed. No, I was was an intern at Dateline NBC in Washington, which was at WRC, the home (laughs) of the George Michael Sports Machine. Shut up. And I went in the studio and I saw the George Michael Sports Machine. Lies. Might be the coolest thing you've ever done in your life. I saw George Michael. I saw I need a picture. I was going to say, by the way, that's a top five cool moment for Spot, and he's yeah. never mentioned it. Yeah. Seriously. I never came proof. up with conversation. I want proof. <laughs> wow, that's incredible. Yeah, no, I think Danny G, I watched George Michael's Sports Machine, too, and as a kid, I'm like, yo, hitting that button to see the highlights, that seemed like the coolest thing going. I mean, you know what? You brought up something interesting, though, Double Dare. If you were a little kid, the idea of like trying to find the flag in the in the yes, waffles with the syrup uh, or pull it out of the nose or, like Kavino said, the Sunday slide, yeah. that was cool. I no, knew we'd we never win, though. I'm like, my mom would slow down the family. I know it. <laughs> she wouldn't be able to. Per- she wouldn't be able to step uh, up. And you know, being here in Southern California as a little kid, listening to Vin Scully on our boombox was the soundtrack to the summer. And of course, we had Chick Hearn with the Lakers. So as many sports memories as there were on TV, also the radio. Because I'd visit my family in the Bay, like for the Super Bowl where the Raiders beat the Redskins. My earliest memory of sports, and Bill King called that squirrick interception of Joe Theismann. And I'll never forget that. We were actually outside playing with our Nerf football, listening to that Super Bowl on a radio boombox jumping up and down celebrating that Raiders touchdown. That's the best. Hey, Danny, you know all that's the sound of your, your yeah. wiffle ball games, your family picnics. You always had the game on in the background. Hey, Danny, final score of that game. Am I correct if I said Raiders 38, Redskins 9? Uh, yeah, I think you're right. You know how I know that? It's my introduction to gambling. 
<laughs> when I was a little boy. I was just a little boy. I was just a little boy. My dad would teach me all the little gambling sheets he did at work. Uh, totally illegal, of course. <laughs> but my dad would show me how he made his picks. And for the Super Bowl, what do we always do every year? People do the box pool, right? You buy your Super Bowl box. And my dad was like, oh, I got the crappiest number. I got Raiders 8 Redskins nine. Oh, oh would you man. believe I got uh, the nine? I got oh. the, wor- the worst numbers. And I remember my dad, even as a little kid, I'm like, well, maybe, Dad, it's possible. And he's like, Richie, eight and nine might be the worst numbers to ever get in a uh. Super Bowl pool. Final score, 38-9. And at the time, my dad probably won like 500 bucks. But for my family, oh, yeah. that was like a big deal. That's like, a real <laughs> big deal, for sure. So, yeah, they, you know, sports memories it, taking us back. We're all over the place. But like you said, music, sports, it always ties in together with your childhood. To me, you know, Rich and I, we always say they tie together. Sports and music, part of our childhood, part of our memories. You know, jock jams, come on. But they always made you choose growing up. You couldn't do both for whatever reason. So we were always fans of both sports and music. And thank you guys for reminiscing a little bit with us today. Now, we got to talk Aaron Rodgers. We got the other juice to get to. Plus, Showtime Mahomes NFL trivia giving away prizes. 877-99 on Fox. If you want to play, you want to chime in. Or you could always hit us up at Covino and Rich. But this whole Aaron Rodgers and Jimmy Kimmel thing just hasn't gone away yet. And it's starting to... Grind my goat. <laughs> you mean grind your gears? <laughs> nope, I combine them. Oh, people say get my goat and grind my gears. I combine them. You're grinding goats. Starting to grind my goat a little what, bit. What bothers you about it the most? Is it because. Just the fact that, what? Just because Jimmy Kimmel, who, again, is a radio guy, so I've always respected the guy. Always respected the fact that he was a K Rock LA radio dude. Always appreciated his career. He's a funny guy, successful guy. I came up the ranks K-Rock in New York, so I always admired that. So nothing against Jimmy Kimmel. I want to make that clear. But for this guy to say that he's a comedian, he could tell jokes. But Aaron Rodgers, because he's a football player, can't clap back, can't make a joke. And everyone's panties get in a bunch. And everyone's like, oh, Aaron Rodgers can't say that, even though he was joking. And now that Jimmy Kimmel... Won't let it go. He's demanding an apology. Like demanding an apology rubs me the wrong way. I, when listen. you say when you demand anything from me, it makes <laughs> me want to do the opposite. Oh yeah, but if you want Cavino not to do something, demand he do it. So some people are cut from that cloth. Here's the update. The update is Jimmy Kimmel sort of went in on Aaron Rodgers during his monologue saying that Aaron Rodgers never apologized, sort of demanded a re- an apology. Now, Aaron Rodgers most recently said, well, look, I never insinuated that he's a pedophile. I never insinuated that. I just made a joke about that list that he said didn't exist. And now he's demanding an apology, and people are saying, well, Aaron Rodgers, just get this out of the way and apologize. Look, like, for what? To appease Jimmy Kimmel? Just so you Who's know. He? You got to bow to this guy? Just to confirm the latest, what you said, Jimmy Kimmel Live, Monday night, the late night host called on Aaron Rodgers to apologize since the star quarterback has absolutely declined. Because it has that like <laughs> kiss my ring sort of feel to it. You know what I mean? And I don't, I don't play by those yeah, but rules. It, I don't somehow like it. it always gets, it always, anything wrong. Dude, it always gets political because it's, and then it turns into Jimmy Kimmel's the liberal media so and Aaron Rodgers is the man only, of the people. Only and, uh, you one know. guy can make jokes and, and. Don't tell me that Jimmy Kimmel, for a long-ass time, wasn't always getting in on Aaron Rodgers. He's affecting late, he's his little, credibility. He, I was talking smack about him. Aaron Rodgers makes one little 
playful joke. It's still a joke. Whether you like it or not, it's still a joke. That's it's it's beyond a joke though. Like considering what Jeffrey Epstein is like accused of and everything to put him even close to that. His statement could be could have been taken two ways. It's beyond a joke. And to be honest, like you know, I don't see it that way. He's Kimmel's got enough people around him to tell him where the line is when he tells a joke about someone. Aaron Rodgers does not. Aaron Rodgers does not. And like the whole reason I think of demanding the apology think, is because this think is what Aaron Rodgers, Rodgers does. comes across unlikable, and I think you're holding that against him in this situation. No, he was very so, likable until a couple of years, and they started doing exactly this, where he's like, oh, I actually didn't say that. I think that's why he's demanding the yeah, apology. He's like, oh, I actually Aaron Rodgers, didn't. I actually did. What Aaron apologize. Rodgers could have been referencing, could have been, I'm not saying he did, but could have been referencing was the fact that a list even exists to prove Jimmy Kimmel wrong. We've discussed this already. Yeah, but that's but not what people fact, thought, though. It doesn't matter what people thought. No, it does. The he court of public opinion trumps everything in these a, cases. He's a pedophile, and that's his statement. I'm quoting now Aaron Rodgers. That's his statement today. I never insinuated that Jimmy Kimmel was a pedophile. Jimmy Kimmel is now demanding an apology. So would you apologize for something you didn't necessarily say? Publicly? Listen. you got to now crawl to this guy and there, apologize? There are times where Aaron Rodgers does seem a little tinfoil haddish, but there are times where Jimmy Kimmel seems like a crybaby liberal talk show guy. I don't, to be honest, I'm not, I'm, I'm not siding with either. I don't like the idea of like, I demand an apology, but at the same time, same. like, how could you, how could you, with a straight face, be like, dude, he insinuated Jimmy, like, there was an insinuation. He insinuated it, but it can have been taken two different ways, and he's publicly saying today, again, I'm just quoting him, right. that's not what he was insinuating. He said that. So that's not even like my assumption. That's just what he's saying. So I just don't like the whole thing of now he's publicly sort of forcing this dude to, again, like kiss the ring or else I'm going to threaten you and take you to court. I just don't like the whole story. So yeah. your thoughts, but Fox I just Sports feel like some, sometimes you're Why the first would you guy apologize hold on, dude, dude, to dude, make things go well, away hold on. if in your heart of hearts you didn't do anything wrong? Here's a question. Your thoughts on the whole idea of demanding an apology. Do you apologize for things sometimes when you're not even sorry? I feel like that's most relationships. Like, I'm sorry, but honey. That's, but you don't know why you're sorry. But oh, that's the honey, culture that's we different. live in today, and that's garbage. You get so many like disingenuous false apologies from people just to get this out of the way when you know they don't mean it and we're okay with that. Aaron Rodgers is saying that's not what he meant. Whether or not that's what he meant, that's up and to interpretation, that's fine. But if Jimmy Kimmel is saying he's getting threats and his family's being harassed because of what he of what Aaron Rodgers said, there's nothing there for you. So it's what's so it's okay though for Jimmy Kimmel to make jokes at his expense. Jimmy Kimmel made jokes about like yo, he's unvaxed about his. He's making health, pedophile jokes, his, about, dude. About his uh, again mental health, CTE. How his, you can compare the two political stances? How you I'm not can comparing compare the, the two. two. A, joke about, a, joke a joke about a joke about a joke about. Oh, he must have got hit on the head. CTE. It's not funny, but so wait. But, a, but but you're also now insinuating that everyone on this list is some sort of pedophile. That doesn't necessarily mean that it's not a list you want to be on. But if it was the flight to the Epstein Islands, yeah, then it's very it's very so much so. Like that no, list. that's enough to cross the line to actual malice at that point. I, I don't know if that is worthy of a public apology just because Jimmy Kimmel demands one. Well, he's, you know he's put up a discoverable fact. Hey, Perfect, if you thought in your heart of hearts that you weren't doing anything malicious and you were just joking around, you're going to make a public apology to somebody? 
if there needs to be a way to get out from what's going to be a longer protracted fight that would impact my that's career I, that's and my money, I, then I, go, yes, Camino, I would. If Aaron Rodgers is like, Not the me. choices are make, it, make an apology. If in my heart of hearts, I knew I didn't mean that. You're stubborn, what? dude. You get to your own way. You're going to fall Jimmy down. Kimmel? You're going to fall down and fall on the sword over a joke. No, I wouldn't make. I wouldn't make a dumb joke like Aaron Rodgers did. Oh, you know what? Hold your, th- hold your thought. There's more to be discussed. Clearly, we'll take your feedback at eight seven seven nine nine on Fox. Disingenuous apologies. As my dad would say, Rich, kissing ass. Why you got to kiss? Jimmy Kimmel's no, ass. But you know what? He's the, he's the only guy allowed to make jokes. I'll tell you why. Next, and what Please. I what I consider the best television apology of all time. Oh, oh and uh, Danny G has a story about a retraction he had to do like, on the radio. Taking stuff back. Oh, look, I get it. Danny G, one time you were telling us you had to do a retraction on the radio, like an apology for something you did. Well, you got to bring up old stuff. What you do? Uh, so I was, I think I was 21. It was the late nineties. I was running and doing morning shows, uh, the morning show for a big 50,000 watt hip hop station here in Southern California. And our competition locally was a station that played like office music. Um, and their program director, they, he also did morning shows for their station. He, he was in the local newspaper here in Southern California, bagging on our station saying that our music sounded like sneakers in a dryer he was that he's sneakers like sneakers in a dryer you're your total old guy way to put down hip-hop yeah music. rap is crap yeah. <laughs> and, and, hey and i'm glad you said that rich because he was on a speaker on a microphone at this big downtown uh, art walk where both our radio stations were broadcasting live and on his microphone and, and on these speakers to the general public, he was slandering our radio station, saying rap crap and sneakers in a dryer and all this stuff. Well, the vice president of programming heard about this, and he talked with me, and he said, hey, tomorrow morning, if you want, you can talk about what he did and what he said. And I said, all right, cool. So the following Monday morning, I get on the air, and we kind of have this roundtable about how people still you know, are a little racist towards our music and what can we do moving forward to help the format. And then we talked about what he did in downtown here in Southern California and how it was wrong and he shouldn't be slandering music like that. And I told my co-host, I'm like, why don't we call him live on the air right now? So I called him. Oh, you, can't call, you, re- can't, you can't do that. <laughs> I called him on his request line and put his back to the wall and addressed what he said. And he was stuttering and he was like very nervous. And yeah, he, he did not react well to what we did. And he later claimed that he got th- his family was threatened and he was threatened. And he they were taking phone calls all day long. Like our listeners bombarded his phone system, you know, calling him, telling, you know, clowning him back so then later that day the vice president contacts me and he's like yeah i think i made a mistake letting you go after him like that because we've heard from that company's attorneys and you're gonna have to read a retraction on the air tomorrow oh, you gotta pull a shepherd smith yeah. that which by the way is i said the best retraction of all time <laughs> is when shepherd smith was on fox news and he accidentally said a bad word and he, uh, I'll, I'll, you could, you could sort of fill in the blank. He goes, Jennifer Lopez, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, her new song, Jenny from the Block. This is like 20 years ago. He's like, the people in the Bronx are more likely to give her a curb job than a block party. But he didn't say curb job. And he, he had the best, he, he finishes saying it, realizes what he said, and he followed it up with this. We're sorry about that slip up there. I have no idea how that happened, but it won't happen again. 
<laughs> Not sure what happened there. Won't happen Won't again. Won't happen again. Won't That's all you got to say. Anytime you say something that you don't mean, just say, Not sure what happened there. Won't happen again. I made sure to read that retraction with no emotion. Yeah, you tell like you know like, when someone's uh, being held. You know what you know when someone's a hostage and you know yes, they're a hostage because yes, they're reading it. In, Danny so, put so, on a southern accent <laughs> like I'm real sorry. Okay. You read something that AI probably printed out for you anyway nowadays, and you read yeah. it with no emotion at all, and now everybody forgives you. Give me a break. Uh, well, we got to go to Monty for an update, but Danny G, real quick, who do we got on the phone? Uh, we'll take one quickie now. Who's that? Uh, let's see, Jimmy in Texas. Yo, what's up, Jimmy? Yo, what up, Yimmy? Yo, what's up, hermano? What's up, buddy? Hey, y'all were talking about tumblers. If anybody wants a tumbler that's worth it, go to shop.cavinoandrich.com, and you can get a tumbler, a pint glass, a hoodie, whatever you want. That is true. So, I love, Jimmy, I'm not going to tell you no to that. That is true. Look, Spot's <laughs> using one right now. Look at that. <laughs> Cha-ching. Thank you, Jimmy. Love you, buddy. Hey, uh, hey I was going to say on this deal with Aaron Rodgers, there's no way he should apologize. I mean, this is the reason why there's a saying that says education does not equal intelligence. I mean, it's three sentences. Jimmy Kimmel says that Aaron Rodgers is a wacko because he thinks there's a list. McAfee says, did you hear there's a list coming out? Rodgers says, well, don't tell Jimmy There's about that. That's it. Because that context says he was only talking about the list and that he believes there is or is not one. And, that's what and I'm anybody saying. saying otherwise is out of context. That's what I'm saying. That's why this holds no weight anyway. I am not stupid. I understand <laughs> what Aaron Rodgers was insinuating, but it's not what he said. Dude, context doesn't matter on social media. Hello, Monsi. How are you? Hi, Monsi. <laughs> Give us an update. What's going uh, on? Yeah, no, don't apologize. Uh, <laughs> <Anthology>. <laughs> don't apologize. We have breaking news on a college coach, Dan Beyer. Breaking news from Fox Sports. Guys, there is a report from Chris Lowe from ESPN who reports that Nick Saban has informed his team that he is retiring as the head coach at Alabama. A report from ESPN's Chris Lowe saying that Saban informed his team that he is retiring. Nothing official yet from Alabama, uh, nothing official yet from Nick Saban, but that is a report from ESPN's Chris Lowe, who again says Nick Saban would retire as the head coach at Alabama. Dan Byer, I am, you know, you've known me a couple years now. I'm not a I told you so type of guy. I'm not. We got guys on the weekend like that here at, at uh, <laughs> Fox Sports Radio. Who live for that. Told you. Got you. But if you remember, a week ago, we had a conversation about knowing when the right time to check out is. David Letterman sure. walked away from late night TV when he realized it was going more social media clips and carpool karaoke and Jimmy Fallon singing songs. That's when Letterman's like, eh, my, you know what? I'm going to decide now's the time. And I think, and I said, with the NIL, the transfer portal, all the stuff going on in college football, I wouldn't be surprised if Nick, Ta- Nick Saban said, you know what, this is the perfect time for me to say I've done it all. You saw it in college basketball, right? Coach K steps yep. aside. Roy Williams did a couple of years ago. Uh, uh, Jim Beheim's situation, a little different, but he's no longer at Syracuse. So you saw it in college basketball where I think it hit first. You know, like where it really had the yep. shockwaves. To your point, I think that's an astute observation. But you know what it is? Things start to change around you, and you start to feel like you're overstaying your welcome. And that's the vibe I was getting there. Sure, there's there just the fact of of everything that you have done. Um, what could be with the future? What it takes to do uh, to put in the effort in this new world? Yeah, a lot, a lot there. I think a lot of people thought that he would want to go out on top, and of course, we'd think Alabama would be great next mm-hmm. year and go out win a national title. But 
you know, he's not wired like that. I don't think Bill Belichick's wired like that, but uh, this is a – you may not be shocked, but this is a, a shocker to me. Oh. So it's a shocker yeah. across the college football and football world. I'm just I'm not saying oh I'm a we know just it all. Speculated I'm just it. saying yeah. I sure. I felt it you because it. because a lot of times in in sports, entertainment, life, marriage, friendships, work, a lot of times if you see the writing on the wall like then where things are going isn't lining up with isn't who lining you up are where and what oh, you do. Cavino, exactly. And Nick Saban is a college football Genius. He recruited well. Alabama's been a powerhouse. You just felt with all the new changes and like guy like Coach Prime coming in and transfer portals and all these guys saying like I'm moving here, I'm going here. You you don't have the you won't have those rosters at Georgia, Alabama, LSU anymore because the guys that are on the bench are saying I'll go get money and play for some other college. And I said to Rich, you know, it's a weird example, but it's a great example. David Letterman is a really great example. It is. I'm telling because you because he saw the culture changing around him he realized that what he was doing wasn't working in today's world of these clips live on social media the next day no one was really watching late night anymore and he wasn't that clip worthy sort of host who was going to live on social media I mean, Letterman's a legend. I love him. I watch his show on Netflix where he does those interviews. He made a pivot. My next guest, Letterman's great, but I think he realized. Does Saban do a pivot or is he just done? No, I, I think Saban pulled a Letterman. He he decided, I know, I see it. I'm wise enough to know that this isn't the game I play. This isn't, Yeah, this ain't my game no more. I remember pulling up his numbers last week uh, when you were talking about him, Rich. 26 seasons as a collegiate head coach. Saban's compiled a 274 and 67 and 1 record. At Tuscaloosa, he was 183 and 25. That's an 880 mark. It's yeah. unbelievable. It's insane. Incredible career. Uh, and, and no shame in saying, you know what? I've done it all. If he reemerges somewhere, I wouldn't be surprised, but it's the right time. And. Yo, Nick Saban, congrats on a great career from us here at Covino and Rich. And I, I can't say I'm surprised. Some people will be. I, You see things change around you. You see when people step down hey, at dude, work. We see it in our industry a lot. There's a lot of older radio hosts in this business, not in this building, in this business, that don't want to make the adjustments that they need to make to survive in this career today. Oh, and I and I you saw know, a lot it. of the stuff we do is digital and it lives online, and they I don't, don't want to do it. Danny, I clear as day, and you become a dinosaur in your own game. I clear as day. Remember my early days of iHeart before SiriusXM, before I came back to iHeart. I remember some of the older DJs and hosts saying things like. I don't want to play the music off a computer. Why we're not using CDs anymore and and, and records? Automated things are automated. Things ah. were changing too fast and, and, around. Them. And then they, I remember at the time the, the bosses would be like, "Yeah, and this this new stuff coming out like like MySpace, and you want to interact with the audience." Nah, we got the request lines. And I remember thinking like, these guys, their days are numbered. They don't want to. They're not going to live in that new world. So you could either fight that, or you could either. Say you know what I had a good run and I'm done, and I think that's the 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 writing on the wall that now, he was seeing. It, it's not a great example because he's a billionaire, and I mean successful more than ninety nine point nine percent of people will ever be. But I mean, you don't think Howard Stern spent a little too much time 
making fun of podcasts and that and this and that. And, you know, well, that's, that's where the, the world went. And, guys, and then the criticism starts and then, to come, you know, the right? guys like because Rogan and people. To overstay you know. your welcome and people start calling you out for that. Who wants to deal with that? It's, you know. This dude had a great career. Why, why potentially tarnish anything? Now, technically, could he come back from retirement if he didn't want to? Because yeah. I feel like a man who has a passion like that, who's done a really good job his whole career, it's kind of hard when you stop. Who was that one football player on the Seattle Seahawks? And he's still talking about maybe coming out of retirement. Because once you leave, you have that longing in your heart. Anybody so, can. You know I mean, why? Think of the fight game. How many, time, how many times people retire and then unretire? Well, Lorena, I think with sports in particular, you get that itch. What happens is from the time you're five years old and you play your first Little League game or basketball or Pop One or football, if you're the standout player, your identity is tied to that since you're a child. Mm-hmm. You, you can't forget. Like if you're a kid that's like, man, he's the fastest kid and he's great. If you're a superstar Little League player when you're like eight – you're you're right, Rich. Your whole you're, identity from is the tied time to that. you're a, oh, he's an athlete. Oh, he's, right. a, from he's the, a great ball player, dude, little Richie. From the time you're six, seven, eight years old, what are you? Oh, little Richie, he's an all star. Then you play in high school. Oh, he's going to get drafted. You go to college. You're playing the pros. Then all of a sudden, you're 38, 40 years old, and it's like all I know from the time I played t-ball or the time I was shot my first jump shot is this. You take that away from someone. That's why a lot of these guys wanted to get into coaching, broadcasting, because they don't want to be away from the game. Yeah, and that's why they got to find, uh, like we said, a pivot or a purpose. We just talked about this. So that's why you, it's, you see it's crazy news. That's I mean, not only for the money, but that's why you see a lot of guys that were stars for a certain team, stars. They end up well, being. I think in, that's why Pete Carroll's sticking around. They end up being ambassadors for the team, right. or they end up being in the front office, like Terry Collins. Hey, he wasn't coaching. He wasn't managing for the Mets anymore. But for a while, what did they do? Terry, you're going to be, uh, we're putting you in the front office. Joe Torre got involved, you know, yeah, behind the, the behind front the offices scenes, of yeah. MLB. So, so again, um, I feel like we're all on the same page. We don't have to harp on it, but Nick Saban, congrats on a great career. Who knows if he'll reemerge, but. Then Lorena was asking about coming back. You got to look at the contract. Uh, back in 2022, Alabama extended him for one more year, which meant his contract goes through the year 2030. He averages eleven point seven million a year. So maybe he remains as some sort of advisor, like yeah. Pete Carroll's doing with Seattle. Highest paid coach in college football. So maybe he's done coaching, but maybe he he's still around, like you said, Rich, doing something else. Man, because you don't want to. Most of the time, you don't want to just say "Arriva Derchi, baby. And you know what? He does have that Bill Belichick sour face most of the time. But Nick Saban is Pete Carroll like in a very youthful seventy something. Right, a lot of energy. It's not like he's the guy ready to, re- you know, you know, sit in a so. retirement home and play, uh, you know, backgammon. Nope. Like, I mean, he's, you know, these guys are these guys have the ability to still connect with the young kids. They'll and be involved in some. Capacity. It sort of ties into what we were saying before about Pete Carroll. Think of these older guys, where they are now. Would they get along with their younger self? Because we've seen the evolution of these guys in their career. You know, Mike, who runs this place, brought up a good one. Who? Mike. Yeah. The, the bear? Because Mike, even off the air, he said that he would hate his younger self. I was arrogant. I was arrogant. <laughs> now, he's a, now he's an old hippie, right? He used to smash beer cans on his head. He was that type of guy. Now, I'm not sure they would get along. He brought up Ron Artest. Like Ron Artest, as a young guy, to where he became Meta World Peace, Different dude. Would they get along? I don't know. Yo, I got one. The guy's one of the more 
interesting people on planet Earth. Well, I got two, actually, now that I said that. He's here every so often on a Tuesday? No, oh, Mike Tyson. You talked to Mike Tyson, 19, I let's say, ferocious. 1986 Mike Tyson. With it. He had no face tattoos. He had hair. My style was impetuous. Those little black trunks, the video game Tyson's Punch-Out, that Mike Tyson, who was... He'll eat your children. He was ferocious, unbeatable. And then you know what happened? I didn't have the fighting guts anymore. And now you see- I didn't have it in me anymore. Now you see calm, reflective, expanded his vocabulary, smoking weed, like chill. I'd rather like hang to, on my pigeons. I like to think Back about then, life. I was, I was buying white tigers and I was womanizing. I didn't like the person I was back then. I was an animal. I recently heard the story again. I mean, we probably all heard it. Lorena, Danny, I don't know if you are totally aware. Mike Tyson, his first fight. Not in the ring, like his first fight. Do you guys know the story of this? I do not. Danny, you might not. Really? You don't know either? Oh, it's legendary. No, I don't think so. It's it's a sad story. So Mike Tyson was just... Well, he was bullied. He always was just, bullied. He was a little kid that was always bullied. Because he was overweight and, and he was bullied. Yeah, he was a yeah. chubby little kid. I knew he was bullied. That's yeah. why he wanted to get into boxing. He was a chubby little kid that got bullied. That's I'm just saying the truth. A chubby little kid that got bullied, and he loved... I love pigeons. He loved pigeons. That was always the thing with Tyson. Still is, right? Random. We all know his love of pigeons. Some thug in his neighborhood, he said, grabbed his favorite pigeon and ripped the pigeon's head off. <gasps> True story. And he saw and red Mike Tyson went into attack mode. Yeah. And from that point on, everyone in the neighborhood's like, yo, that kid could fight. And then kids in the other neighborhoods would bet money like, I bet my guy could beat Tyson. And he just became the street hustling up to no good, but no one could beat up Mike Tyson. That's the and it all spurred from someone literally ripping. snapped. Yeah, he snapped. Yeah, he snapped when someone fighter after that. someone hurt his pigeon. That yep. poor pigeon was that his mascot after that? Does he have like a pigeon on all nope, of his? No, stuff? but he, he still has him, races him, yeah, trains him, breeds him. Yeah, you guys watch Hey thing. Arnold? That yeah, pigeon he, guy up on top of the roof. He's like that. Cuddles with him. He's he like that. He, <laughs> he loved the old lady in Home Alone too. Love my pigeon. You find him in the park. So hey, you know what? Wonderful, beautiful creature. An interesting breaking news. Thank you, DB, for that. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're going to go over our favorite fictional coaches for old school and 50 hits. And speaking of coaching, I hit up our old buddy, John Ramos. Ramos? Ramos. Ramos. Hey, guys, remember Ramos? I remember Ramos. Who? I remember uh, Ramos would always tell me, Rich, when you coach your daughter softball, the best thing to do is be assistant coach. Because I was the manager. They suckered me into managing a girl's you t-ball put the team. ass in assistant. So I said to Ramos, I go, Ramos, guess what, buddy? Per, per your great advice a year ago, I'm now my daughter's assistant coach for the upcoming spring season. So for all the parents out there, that's the way to do it. That's assistant the way to coach. go. And uh, to wrap up our previous conversation about Belichick, you said it's lightning in a bottle, so he should retire. You know, the more I think about it, there's some truth to that. And by the way, a lot of lightning, by the way. A lot of lightning. It was two decades of lightning, but still, nonetheless. But anytime you try to relive the glory, it could be a vacation, right? Because you had such a good time the first time. You go back for the second time of magic. It's just not the same. I remember, the tour guides are different. The weather's different. The people there are different. I remember, it's just different I, elements. I remember a great example. You you and one of your exes and me, and an, I, we went on a little road trip in California. And I remember... <laughs> You're like, this is you're gonna see the most majestic thing. And you were trying to sell me and I think it was my wife when we were dating, how there were these seals on the water and the beach and it was beautiful. And when we went, it was it, it was overcast and there were no seals. None of it and, was there. <laughs> I remember you, you try to relive it. Yeah. And it's like, you know, going back to an ex girlfriend or something. It was special the wow. first time around, but that second time around just the magic was gone. It's like when people travel to Morro Bay, California to see the big Morro rock and it's fogged in. There's no rock. You can't There's see no that? No. Come on. The whole weekend, just fog. But hey, depending on what happens this weekend, maybe that's what happens with Bill Belichick. So and thank were, you guys for hanging out with us. And it was, uh, it was uh, there was another thought of where it could go. And Danny G, before we go, I know it's 50, but you said there's one other team that would be wild. Yeah, looking at super wild card weekend, you do have to look at the Bills a little bit. I mean, this would be a long shot, but if the Bills wet the bed in the playoffs again, would they even consider moving on from Sean McDermott? He was under a little bit of fire earlier this season for that whole 9-11 thing. Uh, there's been debates on whether or not he can get the Bills over the hump. Um, it would take a big upset by the Steelers, which I don't but, think is going to happen. But I also but, think, Danny, I don't think Bill would do that to Robert Kraft in division. I don't know. I mean, if it's a team raring to go, ready to win, you're, I and mean, you, and hey. You need that. He's not going to yeah. rebuild. He's not going to yeah. rebuild. Well, so Kraft doesn't want him right now, so I, I think every team is fair game. Makes it really interesting. But look at the time. Let's go. There's a certain... 
Yeah. What we gonna do right here is go back. Back into time. Throwing it back for a Thursday. Old school when 50 hits. At 50 after, CNR give you the time capsule topic, and we reminisce together. Oh, yeah, buddies. We're live from the Tyrac.com studios. Old school when 50 hits. Every Thursday, we throw it back. Old school when 50 hits in life. Old school when 50 hits on the clock. And because, I mean, there's been so many big coaching stories this week, we figured we'd keep on topic. Nick Saban, Pete Carroll, today Bill Belichick. I mean, the biggest names in coaching are making moves. So Making moves. Uh, let's go fictional, shall we? Think of all the movies and TV shows that have had some damn good coaches. You you and uh, Dan Byer before were joking about Craig T. Nelson. Who is As it? Coach Hayden, Hayden Fox. Yeah, Hayden Fox. Coach Hayden Fox. And, Coach. Dob- and Dauber. Remember Dauber? Look, there's a lot more if you put your thinking cap on. Of fictional coaches, so we'll take your phone calls at 877-99 on Fox. We want to get you involved, but if you're busy, you're on the road, you're on your way home, we get that. We have our favorites. We have our favorites, and we'll break it down. I made the Craig T. Nelson joke. I referenced Buttermaker from the Bad News Bears earlier. So who else comes to mind from your favorite TV shows, movies, entertainment, fictional coaches along the way on a throwback Thursday? Uh, I mean, I'll throw an easy one out there because this is not taking anyone's answer, but it might be one of my favorite shows over the last five years. Danny, I know you wrapped it up. Now you're watching Morning Show on Apple TV, but Ted Lasso. Yeah. I mean, that's a re- that's a great answer. I mean, that might be the number based, one I would answer. Say based on the popularity of the show, could be the best fictional coach of all time. It's in the conversation. Ted Lasso. I mean, the whole story going overseas, going from football to soccer. I mean, Ted Lasso might be the number one answer, but we'll take your feedback next at 877-99 on Fox. Your favorite fictional coach of all time. We reminisce on some of the ones that stood out the most to us, but... Former Mets manager passed away. I didn't know that. Oh, Bud Harrelson. Bud Harrelson yeah. passed away. Rest in peace. He managed from 90 to 91. But and he was part of the Mets organization. Played with the Mets from 65 to 77. He was a Philly. He was a Ranger. But also a coach and manager. So that being said, and all the Bill Belichick, Pete Carroll, Nick Saban news, some old school coaches that come to mind to you in the world of entertainment. Fictional coaches, 877-99 on Fox. So far, we give a shout-out to Ted Lasso. Yes, sir, Steve Kerr. He might be the best. Got to be on the on – the, everyone's at least top five. Let's go to Ed in New York. Ed, you're on with CNR. What comes to mind? Best fictional coach. Oh, I got a good one for you. Nick Nolte, Blue Chips. That That's like one of my all-time favorites. That is a good one, man. And Thank Nick, you very Nick much. Nick Nolte and Blue Chips is good. Uh, Nick Nolte, who Rich always confuses with Gary Busey. Same I guy. can see it. I can see it, but <laughs> it's like Josh Lucas and Matthew McConaughey. Same guy. <laughs> They're kind of, but not really. <laughs> same, same guy. guy. Come on. But good one. Thanks for sharing, man. Uh, let's say hi to Marty in Florida. Hey, Marty. Hey, guys. How you doing? What's up, bud? Oh, not too much. Um, every time we win a game, we peel the slice. Lou Brown of the Cleveland Indians. Tyrek. <laughs> I think of. That's such a good Come one. on, Rick. Give him the heater. <laughs> yeah. I think of give him the heater. I was thinking about when he's at the tire place and he's like, I got a guy on the other line about a pair of white walls. I'll call you back. <laughs> no, that's a good one. Lou Brown is definitely a memorable 
Big league coach, fictional character. I think that's a great answer, man. Thank oh, you. Gotta love that one. Chris in Indiana, you're on with CNR. What's up, buddy? Hey, here's one for you. Uh, Burgess Meredith on Rocky. You know what? Mickey as Rocky is on it. We have a list, so we're letting you take some of our answers. That's fine. Yeah, we were going over this over the break. We're like, who, who, who we're like, on come list? on, Rock. They make you weak in the knees, Rock. Like, Mickey, especially when they use him to get the crowd pumped up. What are we waiting for? Like, that's yeah. the best. Love I it. got a lot of heart, but I don't got a lot. What does he say? You're going to eat thunder and crap lightning? Is that what it is? What does he say? If you can catch a chicken, <laughs> you can catch grease lightning. That's, something like that, right? <laughs> no, that's not, I mean, he does say that, too. That was it. He does say that, too. But, <laughs> yo, Mickey, yeah. yo, Mick, that's a great one, man. Thank you. You know what, though? That being said, no one's going to say this. How about the Duke in the Rocky series? He's a good coach. So the Duke say. was good, a trainer. Good, good yeah. Trainer, trainer, yeah. So, okay, let's go back to the phones. Uh, let's go to Nick in New York State. What's up, Nick? guys how you doing thanks for including us I, I don't think you know how much we appreciate it but it goes a long way oh no problem man what most interactive show what's up bud two, i got two for you the first one's the best one it's jimmy dugan of the rockford peaches oh that's the best <laughs> there's no Tom crying Hanks. in baseball yeah. there's no crying in baseball my second one is whoever recruited forrest gump at alabama to run that back he still runs He's still running. That's true. Whoever he was. Well, you know what I was thinking? There's some unknown coaches because I was thinking whoever was coaching Al Bundy for those four touchdowns in one game. Wow. I don't know who that is. Did did Al Bundy ever give his coach a shout out? Maybe we find out in a spinoff one day. Pretty sure that's supposed to be Bear Bryant for for, uh, Alabama. Oh, yeah. uh, Why am I blanking on the name of the movie? Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump. Gump. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. Speaking of having to look up a coach's name, but he left an impact on me because we had this on VHS when we were kids and watched it over and over. Teen Wolf. Remember the basketball coach? Yes. Yeah. I chopping on gum. Yeah, and he told the team, I looked it up, he says, it doesn't matter how you play the game. It's whether you win or lose, and even that doesn't matter that much. <laughs> you remember the end of Teen Wolf? I saw this recently on TikTok. If you don't know this, the last scene of Teen Wolf when Michael J. Fox and Chubbs and all those guys win, they're panning through the high school gymnasium, yeah. and one of the extras pulls out his junk. Yeah. But they never caught it, and it made the movie. Classic Easter egg. It's Makes one that of those slow motion. Didn't ending. your dad catch you with that on pause or something like that? Stop it. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> By the way, that was Coach Bobby Finstock from oh, Team nice. Wolf. You know, those are he had one of those familiar sort of coach faces. Yeah. I don't want to. Do we have other calls? Oh, good. That's got the calls, but DB, your priority. Norman Dale, Hoosiers. Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. It's my number one. Some I, uh, are just way better than others. You know, Danny G, you made me think of, I don't know what scene it was. Was it like Wonder Years or something where the coach gets hit in the head? You just, with a basketball? What scene is oh, that? Oh, that sounds familiar. Yeah, someone throws up a basketball and he hits the coach right in the head. But you could, if you saw this guy's face, you'd be like, yeah, oh. I could picture him as the gym teacher or coach. What about the coach on uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air when uh, Carlton sank that sh- I could picture that. <laughs> I could picture that. So we're going over fictional or, uh, coaches in tribute to all the coach <laughs> news this week. Or when Mr. Belding took over the Bayside High uh, basketball team. Remember that? I do Mr. remember that. Coach shoot Belding. Your, shoot your hopes and dreams. All right. Well, I got another one that everyone will remember, and you'll remember this name and everything. Coach Klein in the movie Waterboy, played by our boy... Henry Winkler. Gotta love the fonts. That was a good one. Gotta I love, love the fonts. Um, you know what? I, w- I want to throw one out there. A movie that I love that I know you think is corny, 
Of course, if you if you're getting to know Kavino and Rich over our time here at Fox, you know that Kavino thinks anything that I like is corny. It's, That's sort of I the mean, most yeah, of the time. You think you're the, you think you're the coolest guy in the room. I well, I can't stand for the corny stuff that you like sometimes. I loved the movie Angels in the Outfield. Oh, yeah. I thought it was a heartfelt Disney baseball <laughs> classic. I don't think kid movies are corny. Tony Danza, Christopher yeah. Lloyd, hey, yo. and the coach. Who coached Mel Clark, Tony Danza? Who coached him? That was Danny Glover, and I believe it was Coach Knox. Yeah, George Knox. That's yeah. I believe, right? Yeah, so George Knox. I, I never really like a lot of sports movies, but for whatever reason, there's a couple of hockey movies that stick in me, and both movies, they're just absolute bastards being coaches. First off, Slapshot, Paul Newman as the player oh, coach, yeah. Reggie Dunlop, who I can't quote anything he says. But then also... I forget who played him, but uh, did you ever see the movie Goon? Goon's a great movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sean, Sean William Scott. Scott. Sean William Scott. Yeah. yeah uh, who, uh, Ronnie Hortense. I forget who plays him in that, but he's exactly what I imagine like a professional NHL coach being, just foul mouth, just screaming, belly aching the whole time. By the way, I, I thought that movie was uh, underrated. I yeah, like Goon was movie. an underrated movie. If you're a hockey fan, even if, even if you're not, Goon's a good one. How do you bring up hockey and not say Gordon Bombay? I mean, classic. Again, Gordon, but again, I don't Top think of, of a hockey coach as being a sane person. Top of the list. <laughs> Gordon Bombay. I mean, Emilio Estevez gets pulled over for driving drunk, and then he takes over a kid's hockey team and, go- and becomes world champions. That seems realistic, right? You mentioned Angels in the Outfield, which made me think of Rookie of the Year. Remember the coach in that? I forget his name, but like he could never say the, the kid's name, right? Yes. <laughs> he just kept yelling out random names. That's a good one. That's a good one. And uh, thank you for those hockey ones. Perfect. I got one that you might say. You might say I don't know if this is really a coach, but I'm gonna. It's, it might be a stretch because if it, if you train someone, you're a coach, right? What about in Happy Gilmore, Chubbs Peterson? He's a coach. It's all coach. in the hips. He's absolutely it's a coach. It's all in the hips. He's absolutely a coach. And by the way, hey, I they was... took. A, they they wouldn't let me be on the tour. Why? Because you're black? No, because an alligator <laughs> bit my damn hand off. Oh yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> oh. By the way, again. For me, that was a big comeback for Carl yeah, Weathers. Carl Weathers? I mean, since then, Mandalorian, he, I mean, he's done a bunch of stuff, but in my mind, I think of Carl Weathers, I'm like Apollo Creed and Chubb Peterson. In <laughs> that boy. in that line of thinking, then, how about John Candy and Cool Runnings? Oh, that's great. That's, hey, that, he was a coach. Yeah. That's a great Absolutely one. Absolutely fictional coach. Well, I don't want to give well, Kavino's... I mean, based on a real person. I don't want to give Kavino's number one answer then, because if coaches and trainers start getting involved, I'll, I'll lay it up. Best... Tra- Come on. Your fa- well, your favorite 80s movie. Pee-wee's Big Adventure? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, ready? Wait, I'll give you a hint. I'll give you a hint. I got ready? it. I got I'll it. I'll give you a hint. Ready? Yeah. Here's, here's your hint. It. Oh, Mr. Miyagi? Yeah. Mr. Miyagi! Yes. Oh, yeah. I would go John Kreese then. He's the oh. best. Miyagi's got to be way up at the top of the board. Yeah, I guess he was a coach of sorts. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're loosely saying coach. I mean, but it's, Mr. it's more Mr. Miyagi, fun. why not? Why not? <laughs> Miyagi do karate. And by the way, if anyone had this same visual that I was sharing before, it absolutely was Wonder Years. You remember the show Wonder Years with Kevin Arnold and Paul Pfeiffer? Of course. Paul Pfeiffer throws up like a hook shot and everybody's watching it in slow motion. <laughs> Is that every show by and the way? It hits, yeah, and it hits up this like typical looking angry faced gym teacher coach of the team. Yeah. And he like he has the whistle in his mouth and it hits him right in the head. You'll recognize it if you saw it. So. By, the, by the way, when I moved from New York to Los Angeles, yeah. 
I really thought there'd be a bigger karate scene in the Valley. Oh, me too. I, <laughs> I mean, if you watch Karate Kid, I mean, I would have thought it would have been the biggest thing ever. Hold on, so again, your phone me. calls at 877-99 on Fox. Old school when 50 hits. A lot of coach news. So your favorite fictional <laughs> coaches from yesteryear, from the movies and TV shows you grew up watching. You know, there's a lot more than you realized. We're going to the phones, 877-99-FOX. And if we don't get to you, we forget some. You hit us up at Covino and Rich on social media. Uh, well, Danny, you want to, should we start in Texas, Jason? Let's do that. Jason, what's up, bud? I'm doing good, man. Uh, I'm thinking Gene Hackman and Hoosiers ought to be on anybody's list. Yes. No doubt. Yeah, no we, diggity, we said no that. Doubt. We made that reference. Thank you, man. How about Sean in Ohio? What's up, Sean? Hey, what's going on? Hey, bud. I got Molly McGrath from Wildcats. Dude. Yo, Goldie Hawn was so hot in that Goldie movie. Hawn, I remember yeah. as a as a little as a little kid, I'm like, she's hot. I Young remember like, she's really pretty. Yeah, I saw that. I remember seeing that in the theater for sure. Um, great one, Molly McGrath. Good call. I got a great coach for you. It's a TV coach. A show that you and I both watched. It might be. I'll give you a hint. It might be the last sitcom on network TV Steve Cavino ever watched because I know you're onto streaming and HBO and Amazon. The last sitcom and- I watched on, on regular TV was think- like, who's the boss? No, no, no. There was one that you watched because you're like, you're right, bro. It does have heart. Very f- rarely does Cavino ever watch network TV. Come on. A half hour sitcom, ABC, and you're like, I do like it. Tell me. The Goldbergs. Oh, it was pretty good. Coach yeah. Meller uh, is played by Brian Callen, the comedian. Oh, yeah. Again, he played a pretty good coach on that. I, I thought he was I great. I totally remember that. Yep. Uh, 877-99 on Fox. Who do we got? Throwback Thursday. Uh, Russ in Atlanta. What's up, Russ? Hey, fellas. I got one for you. Uh, Billy Haywood, Minnesota Twins, Little Big League. That's a good one. That is a good one. Thank you, man. Trying to think if there was coaches in these other ones. Huh. You mentioned Ed O'Neill when we were talking Polk High School. Well, he, Wasn't he, was, he a coach? He was a coach in Little Giants. In Little, Little Giants. Giants. Yeah. yeah. Him and yeah. Rick Moranis. And Rick, Rick Moranis. Moranis. The O'Shea <laughs> Brothers. Home of the O'Shea Brothers. See, there you go. Was, See, there's a lot more yeah. than we remember than we realized. I was thinking say. of some other '90s sports movies, and you guys grew up around the Knicks. Whoopi Goldberg won a contest to be an assistant coach for the Knicks in that movie Eddie. Oh, really? Yeah. That, I don't That's think right. I've seen that one, no. My my all-time favorite coach from the 90s was Rodney Dangerfield and Ladybugs. Dude, that's yeah, a random one. I like that. Yeah, no, that's you have the good. foresight to, uh, yeah. Spot, I'll give you a, I'll give you some props, Spot, because when we were brainstorming for today's show, we were like, yeah, fictional coaches. That might be a fun conversation. But our first thought was, I don't know if there's enough coaches. Oh, there's too there's many. There's yeah, like, plenty. The minute you started talking about with the minute we started discussing, the floodgates just opened. Yeah. Like, my goodness, every TV show or movie How about has that some dude? type of sport tie Remember that Just the Ten of Us, that show? Oh, yeah. Fictional coach, for sure. Uh, the spinoff to Growing Pains. Well, yeah, that was. Yep, yeah. Just the Ten of Us. He was the coach. 92. Did you guys see Mr. Baseball with Tom Selleck? Yes. I remember it, yeah. Remember the Japanese manager, Uchiyama? He didn't get him and Tom Selleck butted heads the whole time because <laughs> he, wa- he was a home run hitter. Yeah. Tom Selleck was, and he wanted him to bunt and take walks and all that, and he was swinging away. And then at the very end of the movie, he's dating his daughter, and they get along. Shout out to my buddy Mike listening up in Syracuse, New York, said, Good one with Rodney Dangerfield spot. He backed you up. He goes, Rodney Dangerfield and Ladybugs. How did Spot say that too? So great yeah. that. Danny G, uh, one of the greatest movies of all times, uh, of all time, Remember the Titans. Ooh, that's a good one. Denzel's character yeah. in that movie. Do, do you remember that Coach 
Ooh, how am I drawing a blank? Don't worry, guys. I won't put you on the spot. You know, I'm surprised no one said that yet. That I mean, I'm su- I'm surprised it's been on the board this long. No one's called well, that one was, out. It was Denzel, but it was also remember the 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 white coach with the daughter who was a young Jennifer Garner. Oh, I gotta look this up now. No, it wasn't. I, I got one, Rich. I can't believe uh, no co- one said coach this Boone? yet. Coach so, Boone. Coach yeah. Boone. Coach Boone. How about right. this one? Yeah. Sorry. Do you guys remember? I know you will. One of the greatest coaches in fictional movie history, Mr. Patches O'Houlihan from Dodge. If you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. He was the coach. Uh, he was the coach okay. of the do- in dodgeball. All right, I got a movie like that for you. Semi Pro. Yes. He, he was not only the coach, but he was a player, coach, and owner. Oh God. Will Ferrell. Yes. Uh, coach Moon. Was it Moon? I forget yeah, his Jackie name. Moon. Jackie and, Moon. Jackie Moon. And by the way, the answer to what I was saying, it was it was for Remember the Titans, Danny G. It was Coach Boone, and the other okay. coach was Coach Yost, and his That's daughter right. was yeah. a very young Hayden Pettitier. That's remember right. Remember that little oh, girl? Yeah. That was Hayden Pettitier. Yeah, yeah, I totally remember that. Uh, Manny in Texas, you're on with CNR, Fox Sports Radio. What's up, buddy? Throwback Thursday, fictional coaches, man. I love Gene Hackman and Hoosiers, but I love him more in the replacements as Coach McGinty. Yeah. It's a good one, too. Nice Keanu uh, movie. Keanu. No, you know, you got to to play a coach, you have to capture that coach sort of vibe. You do. Like Lou Brown, I thought, was another guy. who he, he sort of captured that 80s manager, belly, sort of spitting some chew out and there, sort of coach vibe. Speaking of people Gene who Hackman's a good one. played coaches in multiple movies or roles, coach Craig T. Nelson also played the coach, remember, in, what was it, Blades of Glory? Oh yeah, that's right. Right. before that reason. Yeah. By the way, Chaz yeah. Michael Michaels. Blades of, Glo- Blades of Glory, underrated. So underrated. That's a good call, Spot. These yeah. are also dumb, and I love every single one of them. It's amazing how many we remember, though. So we might not remember locks. the coach's name, but we know who played the coach. Yeah. You know, or vice versa. Spot the scene where he's drunk inside the right, the yeah. costume that he's skating. All right, he's like throwing up. <laughs> That's great. Um, let's that say what's up to. Did we go to Manny? Oh, all the yeah, phones are lit. Yeah. So, man, we could do this. Got to reset day. them again. Yeah, let's you know reset. What? You you can always play along at social media too. At Covino and Rich. At Covino and Rich. Hashtag old school coaches. I don't know fictional coaches, but we bring it up honestly just to honor all the moves and retirements that were announced this week. It's the biggest story in sports. We're entering Super Wild Card Weekend, but we're getting all this super wild news about. Coaches calling it a day and moving on or pivoting. We don't know yet. Are you a weenie? Or are you just smart if you go or don't go to this game? Like, what? what is your thought on the cheapest tickets ever? Probably Dude, in, Arrow, in Arrowhead history, by far the cheapest tickets for a postseason game. I'm telling you, go right now. You're, you're looking field level. Lower level, 50-yard line for 140, I saw. And I saw upper deck, 30 bucks. We're talking playoff game. Yeah. Rich, are you down? Would Listen, you go? Lorena, when I was in college, let me tell you a story from a long time ago. Oh, boy. Oh, I love oh, story time. Real long time ago. There's some story time. Not, not, not that long ago. Relax. This is the early 2000s. It was wild then. It was a wild and crazy guy, Lorena. Wild. You don't want to get mixed up with a guy like old Rich Davis. I lived on campus at Syracuse. My buddies and I, we were the idiots that would paint our chest Syracuse. I was the C. Of course you were. Also stood for a C block. For uh, (laughs) for, (laughs) for cornball. Yeah. 
I was the C. But here's the rub. Cheesy. Here's Cheesy the, we would run from our college houses, the dorms, the frat houses, Syracuse. But here's the rub. Once we got there, it was inside a dome. <laughs> This is why I've always been the music. This is why I've always been a Cavino guy. Yeah, just that story right there. No athlete's foot. Yeah, you know what though, Dan, Danny, Dan Byer, Danny G. I'm, I'm at least consistent. It's not that I've gotten older and I'm a stick in the mud, and you know I don't want to sit out there in the cold. Even when I was young and I was playing, when I played football in high school and stuff like that, and I'd see they would have these drills where, where. Kids would be so pumped to just dive into the mud or something like that. I'm like, yeah, okay, get out of here. I'm not doing that. I'm not an idiot. So, like, especially during the cold Dude, no weather, one, no cold one likes winter. the cold. You and I both played. No one likes the you cold. And, you and I were both big baseball guys when we, when we were younger. I hated the early part of the baseball season because every inside pitch, you'd have hand stingers all day. I, yeah, I hated batting yeah. practice in April, March, April. Oh, ask the guys from Society of the Cold. Have you watched that on Netflix yet? The story of. Are you, are you comparing cannibalism in the mountain in the Andes Mountains to going you know, to Arrowhead? You know it was just as <laughs> bad as them that. eating each other. The fact that they had to sit out there in the cold that whole time. The cold sucks. The cold is a nightmare. Are you saying people and are going to be eating their friends by the third quarter? By the third quarter. <laughs> it's a matter of survival is my point. I don't like it. And, and again, you're volunteering to do this. And you're still paying. I don't care how cheap it is. Again, as of now, 50-yard line, 140. But again, the tickets keep dropping. For obvious reasons, because the temperature keeps dropping. Negative 23, they're saying now. Upper level, $30, you could be part of Wild Card Weekend. And it's going to be a good game. These are hey. premier teams. It's just so damn cold in Kansas City. Listen, I'm not condoning scalping tickets, but I, I can't even imagine you go there the day of. You could probably get tickets for twenty bucks at that. The way things Nobody's are going, going to be standing out there looking for yeah. a ticket in that way. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, they're going to start right. paying yeah. us to go. Danny G, can you uh, Google? Can you start a bonfire in the stadium or not? Just to stay warm. <laughs> I, I can't believe you guys thought a portable heater would be allowed. Yeah, I, I no think way. So. They've you, started a fire in section two twenty four. Fire! It's allowed as long as it's in a clear bag. I <laughs> saw. <laughs> <laughs> right, so, so funny. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.